Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everybody, I'm Kim Holderness, and I'm Chip Holderness, and welcome to the Holderness Family Podcast. <laughs> you just um, knocked over his coffee cup there. Yes, you're going to meet Chip here in a second. It's my new persona, and I am loving it. Oh my gosh, Chip! Pers- uh, Chip persona. We had an amazing guest on today, and and you'll hear all about Chip. <laughs> she talked all about thought traps, the superpower, and the good stuff that comes with anxiety. And yeah, it was it was super helpful. We're going to get to that in a second. I'm also going to tell you why I felt like I was in a room with two Kims, which okay. was actually like kind of great. I love yep. having two Kims around. But just like a little bit of quick uh, housekeeping. It is May-cember. We are in May-cember, honey. Yes. Uh, it is. Uh, it's almost Mother's Day. May-cember is, is what apparently... Uh, apparently, we invented the term, even though I know we didn't. I, we did but, not. But if you Google Maycember, it's like all of our stuff that we've done in the last couple of years. It's that month where you feel like you have as many things to do as you did in Christmas time, but, but you don't get any of the good stuff. No, without all the cookies. <laughs> so yeah, we're in the throes of that, which can be a little anxiety-inducing, which yeah. aligns with today's guest. But also, just quick housekeeping, and we're going to do the really cringy part where we're going to tell you about something we're selling in honor of me just going out of my comfort zone because this is the year I'm challenging myself every day to do something that's like a little bit scary we launched a t-shirt that says straight out of my comfort zone and it basically sold out on the first day we've ordered more we've done a small shipment so if you're looking for that t-shirt straight out of my comfort zone you can check our website which is theholdernessfamily.com and then click shop we're going to get to this uh, interview pretty quickly, though, because she was fantastic. And the question that we begin with and that we want you to think about as you get ready for this interview is, have you ever fallen into a thought trap? A thought trap is really just like an, an untrue pattern of thought that prevents you from seeing clearly, communicating effectively, or making good decisions, or just puts you in that anxious mind. And... 
we have plenty of examples of these in our lives. I think Kim is a lot more open about just talking openly about hers, but I think everyone does have those thought traps. Mm -hmm. uh, she used an example just about opening the, you know, the mail and seeing a letter from the IRS. I can imagine like everyone makes the same assumption when they see that, right? Like yeah. it's, and then you open it up and it's like, Hey, how you doing? Here's a receipt. But we wanted to call Maura Aaron's Mealy because she hosts the award-winning podcast, The Anxious Achiever. She's passionate about helping people rethink the relationship between their mental health and their success. She's written two books, which I love the names of, Hiding in the Bathroom, How to Get Out There When You'd Rather Stay Home, and most recently, The Anxious Achiever, Turn Your Biggest Fears into Your Leadership Superpower, and it was just released last month. She was also named a 2022 LinkedIn Top 10 Voice in Mental Health. If you stay for the end, we talk about LinkedIn a little bit, by the way. <laughs> Recently, she wrote about thought traps and how high achievers can overcome anxiety for the Harvard Business Review. And apparently, there's like a building in Harvard that has her books for like all of the graduates I mean, coming up. So they probably need it. Right. We've talked about this like that. Dot traps, anxiety, all these things are happening, not just with us, but in our youth and in our young adults. So I think that this could be relevant to just about everyone. Welcome to the podcast, Maura. Hi, I'm, I'm really happy to be with you. We are so excited to have you here. And um, this has been a long time coming because we had done a podcast recently when we had talked about, we just mentioned, you know, intrusive thoughts. You talk a lot about thought traps are intrusive mm -hmm. thoughts and thought traps are they one and the same are they cousins they are not well they're not the same okay are they, are they cousins Meh, i don't know okay, okay maybe second cousins okay okay tell us tell us about the so, thought trap okay so so in, so intrusive thoughts which you probably talked about mm -hmm. right are very common if you have ocd mm -hmm. ocd and anxiety are are Definitely. Well, they're yeah. like peanut butter and jelly, Got right? They're yeah. good Got them both right <laughs> over here. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So intrusive thoughts, right, are those rush in, usually scary, violent, really upsetting. Mm -hmm. Thought traps are much more basic. Okay. And, and also much more common, okay. right? So a thought trap, I mean, everyone has experienced a thought trap. And, and and thank God, not everyone. I, mean, I say this as someone who does have intrusive thoughts, has not experienced an intrusive thought. Okay, so you walk into a room, you're, you're in a new job, or you're going to a new PTA meeting at a new school, or you're just feeling insecure. And you walk in and you instantly think, nobody likes me. Mm. I'm a fraud. Mm. I'm dumb. I don't belong here. Or you get a piece of bad news, right? I mean, this just happened to me. I was on LinkedIn. I saw like all these threads about layoffs. Yeah. And I just I got triggered and I thought, oh my God, this is going to be a bad year. We're not going to have enough money. And I just like catastrophized. Those are thought traps. They are automatic negative thoughts, imposter feelings, catastrophizing, one called emotional reasoning, where if you feel a certain way, it means I'm a certain way. I feel like I don't belong. So I definitely don't belong. And they're super common and they happen when we're anxious. And and the thing is, they're kind of habits for a lot of us. Are the same, these thought traps, is it typically the same thought over and over again? You know, you're walking to a building, oh, I'm not smart enough to be here. Or you're in a meeting, I'm not smart enough. Is it typically the same thought trap or does it vary up per? 
I mean, we all have our greatest hits, you okay. know, some people, <laughs> some people are catastrophizers, some people tend to go into that black and white thinking, some people can only hear the negative and never hear the positive. Mm-hmm. Some people like to mix it up with their thought traps, you know, I mean, I think it's, it's, it's sort of personal, the ones that you lean on. But um we probably at times in our lives feel them all and people who are anxious mm-hmm. tend to hear them a lot. You have used the word catastrophize three times now, and I'd never heard that word before, or at least not in, I know what catastrophe is. I've never heard about it as a verb before. Is it what I think it means? Is it turning something into a catastrophe? A hundred percent. It's it's going from zero to a hundred. So I'll give you a perfect example. We just had tax season. Yay. Mm-hmm. And I would go out to the mailbox and I would get, I own a small business. I get all these letters from the IRS and that I would see the IRS logo mm-hmm. on the letter and I would instantly think I'm getting audited. This is all over. Yeah, um, my recent one is Penn found this like weird mole, like it's like right here in his scalp. And it's just because he got a closer haircut that he could see it. It's probably always been there. But he's like, oh, hey, babe, is is this like, what is this? And I'm like, he has skin cancer. It's melanoma. He he's at stage four. Where are we going to have the funeral? I know. I and then I'm going to be. A, <laughs> like I'm going to be. No, seriously. Yeah, I'm like right. blow drying my hair. I'm like I'm going to be a single mom. Do we sell the house? Do we downsize? Like this is okay. awful. Like I go there. We're all laughing. We're so, all. Thank this, God, we're all laughing. But I seriously, this is not an exaggeration. <laughs> no, I was like, honey. And then he brought up something else. I'm like, honey, I'm sorry. I'm in the middle of trying to figure out. Do we what move? hymns are we going to sing at your funeral? Yeah, do we right. move? And like, no, you asked that. me if I wanted to be cremated. I know. Or if I like wanted to use, there's like some there's aqua new water cremation. cremation thing. That's like where this comes. I know, and it's really I gross. Know, but I thought you turn it would into be, a bag of goo. Well, I thought it'd be better than just like a normal cremation, but it turns out it's like also equally terrible. But I'm telling you, so that's where I live. And. <laughs> So intrusive thoughts, I don't know. Um, but yeah, so tell me. Okay. It sounds like traps. you don't have as many intrusive thoughts as you do have thought traps. Okay, so talk yeah. to me. So how do I how do I sidestep the thought trap then? Okay. Well, first of all, you guys are making me laugh. <laughs> and, and actually, actually, you know what? That's instructive because laughing at your anxiety mm-hmm. is a really good technique. Okay. Right? Good to know. You, you know, so anything you can do to sort of externalize the anxious thought from yourself is powerful. And, and and if you've been in therapy for intrusive thoughts, you've probably done this too, right? Where you actually might even look at the thought and say, is that is that realistic? It's just a thought, right? It's mm-hmm. just a thought. It's not reality. And so anything we can do and with intrusive thoughts, like I'm laughing, mm-hmm. but I've totally been there. I had a, I had a, a bruise on my toenail that I was convinced there's a very rare cancer that is melanoma of the toenail. Yeah. And it looked like it. And I, I literally lost two hours like Googling. I emailed my doctor. Yeah. So this stuff and it is turned serious. Out, it turns out you had like run into the coffee table the night before. I, I had a bruise. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but this stuff is serious and we can lose a lot of sleep. It can really drain us. It drives our partners nuts, mm-hmm. I think I can say. Yeah. So, so the thing about thought traps is they are just thoughts, right? Most often they are not based in reality. And a lot of times we hold on to them because we've held on to them since we were kids, since we were teenagers, right? Like a lot of people who are perfectionists, perfectionism is a thought trap that a lot of us fall into, Mm, right? We have to be perfect. If we're not perfect, we're not worthy. Mm -hmm. 
And so we get hit with something that's challenging us. We feel pressure and our mind is going, oh my gosh, if it's not perfect, I'm, I'm just, everyone's going to hate me. I'm going to, you know, all those feelings. And, and so the first pro, the first thing is to notice it, right? Like a lot of people, we, we go instantly into thought traps. We don't even notice them. Mm-hmm. So the first is to say, wow, Maura. Okay. Are, are you really like, let's open the IRS letter. Like, let's be brave. Let's open the letter and let's read it. And, and if it is an audit, <clears throat> if it's an audit, we're going to deal with it. Right. And to try to just a look at the thought and, and see how out of scope it is maybe with reality or to give yourself some sort of neutral information under it that that makes it seem less big right like yes there are layoffs in my tech i work in tech there are layoffs in tech but i don't have any indication my company's laying people off even if i did get laid off would i be okay and then sort of playing it out it can really help okay so your first advice is it sounds like kind of like hover above yourself and realize like where you are in the situation. And mm-hmm. then you, you talked about giving yourself some neutral information. Nowhere in there do I hear Google IRS envelope on the internet or go on to Reddit or WebMD to try to figure things out. How much is the internet the villain of thought traps? I'm just curious. I don't know if that's something you've ever thought about. That's really interesting. I haven't thought about that, but impulsivity is the... sort of adds fuel to the flame right and so a lot of times when we're anxious we're impulsive and so yeah i would say that googling going on the internet and googling or diagnosing yourself on webmd that's all really anxious behavior right we're we're sort of feeding that anxiety and instead what you could do so kim next time you feel convinced that it's melanoma is you could tell chip you could you could google it but you could see how rare it is yeah and you could say to him like this is a 0.002 percentage of occurrence like and chip i'm sorry why am i calling you chip i don't know but i'm Ken. loving it i'm loving Ken, it i kind of want to i kind of want to be chip for the rest of this can uh, i call interview. you chip yes Please. go I, 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 I heard it. I was like, did you just call me Chip? I, I wasn't going to correct you. I've always wanted to be a Chip. I wasn't going to correct you. Yeah. This is amazing. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I know your name. I just did an interview with Chip Cutler. <laughs> nice. I don't know who that is, but I, I can't he's, wait to. He's amazing, okay. by the way. You would love him. Okay. He, he runs a thing called the Modern Elder Academy. Okay. And he's like redefining life after 50. And he, oh. he was. Oh, he I'm was down early with this. at Airbnb. He's awesome. Anyway, okay. um, so Chip Penn. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> she sees gray hair and she immediately goes elder. Chip, right. I, over I, I 50. get over fifty. I'm getting there. He's she, not there yet, but yeah. soon. Okay, <laughs> I'm getting there too. And Penn could say like, "Okay, sweetie, like let's let's model out what 0.002 percent of the population means." Like again, I think externalizing it and giving yourself some perspective because when we're anxious we lose all perspective right we're Mm -hmm. just like so in there and we are coming right back this mother's day celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from blue nile whether it's for your mom a mother figure or yourself as a mom find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hold up. What was that? 
boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. Opening up to a therapist might feel uncomfortable, cathartic, exhausting, or even exhilarating. But one thing's for certain if you keep talking or texting with a licensed therapist, you will gain insights and uncover truths that you can only find in therapy. Get those personal breakthroughs and judgment-free support by signing up for Talkspace. At Talkspace.com, you can sign up online and get a personalized match with a provider that's right for you, typically within 48 hours. There's no need to commute to appointments, miss time at work, or line up childcare in order to attend sessions. It's mental health care made easy. Talkspace is also affordable and in-network with most major insurers. To celebrate May, Mental Health Awareness Month, and the power of talking it out in therapy, Talkspace is offering every listener of this podcast $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com slash Holderness. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com slash Holderness to get $80 off your first month with code SPACE80 and to show your support for the show. That's Talkspace.com slash Holderness with code SPACE80. So I think this obviously comes down to anxiety. And I know anxiety for a lot of people, it's viewed as a weakness. But your take is that it could actually be a superpower. So what do you think? How? Yeah, no, what do you think? I know. Uh, well, I have some, re- what do you think some people, people with anxiety, what are they really good at i have some mm-hmm. ideas as well i'll let you start <laughs> i would love to hear your ideas yeah, i want to so hear, hear yours start. first no 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 she's our guest oh, no. okay go for it maura i know because my husband's always like why this is not a superpower yeah. he lives with me <sighs> okay anxiety in the moment can be a lot of different things now you and i've been talking about anxiety that's not great Right. right. It it gets it makes us myopic. It gets us stuck and fixated on things that aren't helpful. But we also need anxiety. Anxiety mm-hmm. has kept us as a species alive mm-hmm. because anxiety is a threat appraisal. And so sometimes when you're anxious, it's good. It gives you motivating energy. Like I'm sure before you've done anything big in your lives, you've been anxious. Mm-hmm. And you need to be anxious, right? Because otherwise you wouldn't show up at your full potential. And so anxiety is neither good nor bad. It's an emotion. And sometimes it gets out of control and we need to manage it. And sometimes it's helpful. And sometimes it's sort of in the middle and it's annoying. And we need to ask it like, what are you trying to tell me? And so people with anxiety are, if they treat it and don't ignore it, develop real superpower skills. The first is they develop self-awareness. Self-awareness is so powerful, especially as leaders, right? Mm -hmm. Leaders who aren't self-aware and who are anxious micromanage, they control, they don't let other people in, they diminish other people, right? They make other people anxious. And so building self-awareness is the most powerful leadership skill. You build empathy because Mm -hmm. when you've been through something hard and you've treated it, you're able to see other people's vulnerabilities and listen to them and, and 
hear them and feel them. And that's another huge superpower. And there's data that show that anxious people are better in uncertain situations. It's mm-hmm. like we've been preparing in the dress <laughs> rehearsal our whole lives. Exactly. And then and when the SH hits the fan, we're like, I got it. I got it. I've prepared for every it. scenario. Yes. And so leaders need to do that. That's what leaders are hired to do. And so I don't actually judge anxiety. I say that it shows up at different times for different reasons. And if we listen to it and honor it and have a relationship with it, we can learn when to tell it, buzz off, you're not being helpful. And we can learn when to channel it. Now, hold on, I just want to say one more thing. No, no, keep going. If you are suffering out there, mm-hmm. like it sounds like you and I both have really suffered from mm-hmm. anxiety. I, I have had panic attacks that have sent me to the ER. I've, you know, it's been it's been really gotten in the way of my life a lot of times. You need to get help. Mm-hmm. And the good news is because anxiety is so common, there's really good treatments, right? So, so at the far end of that spectrum, when anxiety is keeping you from living your life, please, please, please get help. Yeah, yeah, uh, we preach that a hundred percent. What I were would, yours? My well, very similar. I, I think empathy is one of my superpowers. That can also hold me back because sometimes mm-hmm. I can walk into a room and I can feel tension and I can feel people hurting. Like, but I, but I know that that is a gift because I can mm-hmm. be there and create space for those people. But I would say also just the preparedness. I usually, I typically am very anxious before an event, but once you know you yell go. I've got it covered because I've literally played out every single scenario. We were on this TV show called The Amazing Race. I just wrote this down in my notes. It's obviously anxiety producing the entire experience, but I was so prepared. I had seen every single episode two or three times. I had a Google doc with what type of challenges to be prepared for. And every one of those situations showed up and to the point where you know, in our hotel room at night after the leg of the race, like we reviewed, we did this. And I think a normal person just went and watched the hotel movies, but I was so prepared that like at the end, it came down to this like final thing that I was very prepared for and we won. So like, I feel like that my, without my really intense anxiety, I probably would have enjoyed myself more, eh? but I don't think we would have won. (laughs) So, but I would have had more fun. You have just summed up the anxious achiever. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that's basically that's basically who we are. Mm-hmm. Like, w- we could have had more fun. Yes, more but- fun could have been had. <laughs> but we but but we've won and and so the question that i ask people who feel both that their anxiety motivates them and brings them a lot of success but also is kind of a drain at the same time is is this serving you right yeah. right and that's and that's the question and and i also cuz i want to come back to this cuz i was writing down your kind of three things self awareness empathy and uncertain situations i put a yin and yang next to empathy particularly because of kim she does like I. She just explained what she's like when she walks into a room. She feels the feels of everybody. She turns on a television and she feels the feels of the news. She looks on TikTok. She feels she feels from thousands of miles away and countries away and time zones away the pain of people that she's never even met. Last of all, she doesn't like it when I talk about her anxiety. <laughs> so I don't really know how to finish. I'm no, sorry. No, no, finish. I, no, 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 finish. I just was wondering if there if there are. I, I mean, she's very self aware of it, but when when it gets to the point where it can be crippling, something like that. What what sort of advice would you have? Boundaries. I mean, 
you have to learn. I'm like you, and and I am a sponge for everyone's feelings, which is which is an incredible gift as a leader and a manager, and as 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 actually someone who was in sales and marketing my whole career because I could tell what my client was feeling and what they needed. Mm-hmm. But if you don't establish sort of boundaries, you will take on too much, or you won't sometimes feel like as self-asserted as you need to, right? Another thing that I do is I'm always taking in everyone else's everything. And I always feel like I sort of need to sort of fade into the background. And so something that has been really powerful for me is to literally, literally imagine saying, I'm not going to take this in. Mm-hmm. I'm going to draw, I'm going to create like almost an invisible wall around myself. Um, I, I saw a healer who, you know, the um, those metal vegetable colanders mm-hmm. they're kind of spiral and you can open them up to be big and then open them down to be small have you ever seen those yes, yes i yes, know yes. exactly so like we have one of those basket. Yep. yeah and she would use the analogy that like when the steamer is fully open right you're just taking everyone else's stuff in and it's overwhelming you so you have to sort of close the aperture you think of an aperture mm-hmm. in a camera you have to close the aperture and, and protect yourself a little bit more. Okay. But again, like these are the lessons that we need to learn. And when it comes to leadership and entrepreneurship and success, this is what makes us strong. To me, this is about building like your strength and your sustainability for the long haul. Like I know what my boundaries are and I know how to protect myself. We see a lot of anxious achievers, as you call them. And I did hear anecdotally that typically high achieving people do have a measure of anxiety. What, I mean, do you think that you need that level of anxiety to, to, to become a strong leader? I mean, what, why do you see that as well? There's some data that support that. And also that entrepreneurs, people who are entrepreneurial also have a higher incidence of mental illness. Okay. That, that, that tracks. It tracks. I know it's kind of the thing where you're like, that makes sense to me. Yeah. I mean, it's all pretty controversial and it's also hard to measure this stuff. So it's really hard to be definitive about it. But I think that some people are more anxious than others and we are who we are. We can't change our essential wiring. If we have PTSD, if we've been through something traumatic that has made us have an anxiety disorder, we can get it treated. Mm-hmm. But we may we may be anxious. And so you've got to learn to use it. You've got to learn to love it and accept who you are. You know, it's the same. I have I have a neurodivergent kid. Mm-hmm. I he is who he is. I'm not gonna change who he is. I'm gonna focus on his strengths and help him live out his strengths. And so I actually I, I come at this from a really strengths-based perspective. Like Kim, you just may be who you are. <laughs> you can get treatment, you can take meds, like we all try to work with what we've got. But like, at the end of the day, it's who you are, and it makes you great. And it also makes you challenging. Yeah, I don't want to I don't want to change too much of my wife. <laughs> I, I just want to make sure I just want to make sure she's happy and not not happy all the time, but happy enough and healthy. Yeah, you just you touched on kids there. Do you need to tailor your message a bit when you're talking to kids and teens about how to how to deal with these things? Or is it the same message? I mean, the message, the message is the same. It's a little bit, it's really interesting. My, I just, my book, there's a, there's a hotel in Harvard Square that has just bought a copy of my book for every room for Harvard graduation. Oh, I love that. 
which is so cool, right? Yeah. And I'm like, what in them made them think that Harvard graduates needed this book? Yeah. Oh, I can guess. But. <laughs> I think that our young people, I mean, look at the data. It's mm-hmm. terrifying. Yeah. Our, our young people are struggling so much. And I, but, I, but I also think that young people have always struggled and older people have struggled. I think anxiety is part of the human condition because it's an emotion and it's very fundamental to a lot of us. And so I think the ultimate message is to look at yourself and understand yourself. Whether you have anxiety, whether you have ADHD, whether you have autism, whether you don't have anything, but you just like to be in certain rooms or not. You know, we, uh, we, we have teenagers and I do see, I mean, there is a mental health crisis with our young people right now. And, and yes, I do believe, I mean, I remember being in high school. I remember being in college and being stressed to the max, but I think the pandemic is still revealing the way that it, we're all, we were all a little traumatized and then especially for our young people and and like we're just still I think we're just still learning how that happened and I don't know just seems for in our family at least it seems just a a little bit exacerbated every high is higher every low is lower Um, and we're trying with our kids and we recently did a podcast about you know those essential life skills that parents should teach their teens just embracing the ability to say no and just know mm-hmm. is a complete sentence and creating those boundaries. I mean, I'm working on it myself. I'm in my 40s, so I'm not perfect at it. But why is that also important for an anxious achiever, do you think? I mean, we just talked about boundaries. Like, boundaries are important for everybody. And yeah. I, and, and, it, and at work, I want people to think about boundaries at work. You know, we go to work and we're triggered a lot. Like, the same anxiety triggers that we have in our outside life happen at work. People trigger us, emails, Slack, mm-hmm. <laughs> negotiations, and um, and a lot of people poo-poo this. I, I got into sort of a, a fun fight with a friend who was like, we overuse the word trigger, that's ridiculous. But no, like the science shows that we are triggered. Yeah. That's okay. Like we need to teach our kids, things are going to make you upset. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. The genius is in how you react. Mm-hmm. And that's, again, coming to boundaries, coming to all of this. Things make us upset all the time. And sometimes they're small. Sometimes they're not significant. But we can act out in pretty powerful ways. And you see it with toxic behavior at work. Like people, my number one message I get for my listeners on my podcast, I have a toxic boss. Mm. Help. And people are acting out their anxiety and they're controlling and they're micromanaging and they're doing all these things that are just not good. And it's because they're not, they haven't learned how to manage their reactions. So in the same book, in the same philosophy that you say that thought traps can absolutely paralyze you because of your anxiety, Mm -hmm. you also say that anxiety can, can foster great creativity and ambition. Right. Yeah. That's an inter- that's an interesting I'd dichotomy. Like t- yeah, I like those the are the positives. Let's those, positive. those are the opposite. Now I do I'm sitting next to a very creative wife. I don't need to tell her that. Everyone knows that who watches her on the internet. I mean, you can tell me that too. Yeah. Well, you're very creative. I think maybe I'd love to know just how that relates to to her anxiety and her superpower though. Totally. Yeah. It is a dichotomy, but I'm comfortable living there. I think yeah. we don't live enough in the gray area in in, in our country. But um, you know, 
you know the energy that when you're anxious, you feel. Mm -hmm. You know when you feel like there's something at stake that you really care about. And when you're propelled, like literally your body is a little bit on fire, mm -hmm. you are able to sort of see solutions that you couldn't otherwise. I mean, when you look at people, when you study sort of crisis leadership at leaders who somehow prevailed during the most difficult crises, right? They had two things. They had self-awareness and they were able to sort of listen and sit with their emotions and use those emotions. And so I think anxiety can spark tons of innovation, creativity, action. Mm -hmm. At the same time, it can also have a sitting mired, not being able to do anything. But again, the key is in understanding it and saying, what are you trying to tell me? And then saying, okay, I'm anxious because this really matters, or there's a lot at stake, or there is a crisis. I'm going to give my anxiety a plan. Anxiety loves a plan. Mm -hmm. I love a list. <laughs> you, can literally, you love a list. You can literally put it to work. And I, and I, I recognize that and to me, the creativity link is very clear. The link to ambition, I, it, I, I feel like I am very ambitious. I'm always pushing us and asking what if. And uh, I think one of the issues in our marriage is Penn is very, very good about being in the moment and stopping to smell the roses. Whereas I, we achieve and then I'm like, okay, that was fun. Let's go. Like, you know, look, kids, there's Grand Canyon. Okay, let's go. Like, I've, I've seen it. I've done it. And so I don't sit in that space because I, so the anxiety to ambition link, what is that? Well, I mean, I think you just described it, right? It's, it's, it's that the, the goal is getting more ADHD. He's yes. ADHD. Yeah. He's ADHD. Oh. So I thought that would be him like moving from spot to spot. But instead, he's like, this is great. We're, we're here. That's great. Let's hang out here for a bit. And that's not, not him. Yeah. That's interesting. So, so Penn, you have ADHD, but you're not anxious. I'm learning that I've got bits and pieces of it for sure. Um, but, but he's like a normal person anxious. Like yeah. he's an anxious, like a normal person. Would I have, be. I have some impulsiveness that I've, it's taken most of my life to control, to learn how to control. Very uh, typical of ADHD. I've had I've had some panic attacks, but it's usually from like uh, I think it's usually from like waking up, like going out the night before, drinking a bunch of coffee, and then moving into something that gave me a little bit of stress. Like it was almost just like overtaxing my body when I do that. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, because you know, because statistically, ADHD and anxiety are also like peanut butter. Sure, and jelly. sure. Yeah. yeah. Um. I, yeah, I mean, I, the ambition thing is interesting. I mean, I, I think I think what I've learned, and I've interviewed hundreds and hundreds of leaders and and scientists and doctors and everyone, is is the ambition and the anxiety often go together in in people like me, and it sounds like in people like you, where you do you know the goalpost is always moving, mm -hmm. and it's 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 driven. It's like our oxygen in a way, and. It could be from our childhood. It could be from messages we internalized early on. It could just be who we are mm -hmm. biochemically that we just don't ever stop. You know, I think a lot of anxious achievers in my anecdotal experience are like, like, I'm always moving. <laughs> I'm not a still person. Now, ADHD people can be like that too, but not always. But um, I often use the metaphor that that people whose ambition is fueled by anxiety we, we, we're literally never done. Yeah. You know. I'm going to tell you this. I, I do think there's some of that in me, except I keep it very close to my chest and I don't talk about it 
outwardly. Mm -hmm. And this has caused some issues on our walks and in our conversations where she wants to talk about where we see ourselves five years from now. I have an answer, but I don't want to say it. Wow. Yeah. It's more of a marriage thing than an ADHD anxiety sure, thing. It, so if you'd like to step in for some marriage counseling, well, welcome. No, I just like I will <laughs> I will say it if if I'm pressed, but but to be honest, I like my goals are my goals. I don't want to trouble other people with them. That this is my personal philosophy and I also don't want to disappoint other people if I don't reach them. Whoa. Where well so where did you learn that you would disappoint people if you didn't reach goals? Probably growing up. Yeah, probably growing up um, with a with a fairly uh, um, demanding system of goals. <laughs> I would say that. Whereas I like to just I I love a list, and I probably have lists of twenty different goals of things I want in five years that I made five years ago, and I probably couldn't even identify who wrote that. And to me, they're just goals are important because they keep you moving. But yeah. if I don't get if I don't, you know, win a Tony Award for writing an amazing, you know, musical, I'll be fine. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm fine. It's and like that. I, I won't be disappointed. But I look at all the other stuff I did. So I just think we have a different way of, like, the goals help me move me forward. But if I don't get to that specific one, I'm like, that was still great. Yeah, and <laughs> so, the goals stress me out because it's, it's something that you have to do to, like, a box to check. Yeah. Well, no, it's I don't mind checking the box. I just don't want I don't want to disappoint anybody. And, uh, and that's, you know, I think that's a big part of it. I could never be disappointed. Sure you could. <laughs> no. so, if, so if it's out there and she knows it, then you can disappoint her. But if she doesn't know it, you can't. Right. And then when it happens, I could be like, hey, babe, that was one of my goals. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We've but, been working towards my goal the whole time. But I don't even do that. Like no, he doesn't. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I know. Welcome to our marriage. Yeah, but I, there's I mean, probably if that, some if that's anxiety our biggest, in there. But if that's our biggest problem, I'll take it, you know? Totally. Yeah, like, we're good. It's fine. I love, I mean, I love couples counseling. I, I actually feel like, and, and there's Esther Perel, who's the famous marriage and family yeah. therapist, has a podcast where she does sort of work couples yeah. counseling. And, and I just think, like, the skills you learn in couples counseling are so transferable. They're yeah. amazing. Yeah, and I think, you know, we wrote a book uh, a, it, that came out of some marriage counseling, you know, the lessons that we, we learned through marriage counseling, because we do have a good marriage. But, you know, any good marriage can be better. But it was interesting that so many of the lessons we learned in, in couples counseling are completely transferable to parenting, how we mm -hmm. talk to our kids there, and how... In, in the people and the relationships we have in, in our work life. Um, so it was interesting, that whole learning how to communicate more effectively. I, and I actually have a question on that line. Kim and I are still learning. We're still not perfect with this book that we wrote. There's, uh, there are some fights that we still get in and that uh, you, know, you, you want to practice what you preach when you write a book. What's been the hardest thing for you to maintain from the book that you wrote, like personally, what is the thing where you're like, I know I wrote this, but I'm still having trouble with this. Oh God, all the things. I oh, mean, no. I, I think for <laughs> all the things <laughs> yeah. I, I live my anxious achiever life. I think for me, I had is, is you must feel that, you know, this feeling like a book is like a birth and yeah. so you have, you know, and then like after the book comes out, you almost have like a postpartum period. Mm -hmm. And 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 for me, it's been really trying to stop and enjoy all the successes without literally going to the next goalpost. Like, 
I've achieved things with this book that if you had asked me five years ago, could you have done this? I would have said no. But now those things just feel like meh. And I'm like, well, why wasn't it a New York Times bestseller? Why isn't it this? Why am I not on Good Morning America? And 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 I'm really trying to enjoy and acknowledge and feel gratitude. Like I'm really trying and it is so hard for me. Well, I don't know if that resonates. Well, it does. But first, congratulations. You wrote a freaking book. Yeah. Like, like that. And you, and like that is, we, it's so funny. After we published our book, we did a, there was a shot of me holding it. It was like swaddled because it was like a baby. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, we're writing another book. Like instantly, we published that book and, uh, you know, we made some lists and it was great. But I, I don't, I just wasn't as bothered by it because I was already on to what the next book was going to be. And oh that God. I know, and um, but we did take a beat. We took like a year and did nothing. But now we're on to this next one. I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. This is hard. <laughs> this is this is really hard. Anyway, but it it is this one's on ADHD and the awesomeness of that. But there is some anxiety talk in there as well. So oh well, you'll have to come on my podcast when you're ready because I'd love to talk about that. Oh, would love. That. We are actively learning about all kinds of things uh, in this book. A lot of it is uh, is from the perspective of the person with ADHD, from the person who lives with the person who has ADHD. They're both very important. Uh, we're trying to make it more like a fun textbook so that a kid who has ADHD can pick it up and read it and uh, and not feel too lost in the woods. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so it's uh, we're, we're having a lot of fun with it. But again, learning a lot. But on that note, like I am continuously learning how to be a partner with somebody with ADHD. Let me ask for Penn. What is, and for anybody listening. Asking for a friend. Asking for a friend. (laughs) What are some, I think he knows how to deal with my brand of crazy, but like what are some go-tos like in the workplace at home to support somebody that's dealing, you know, with some anxiety, especially, you know, around goal setting? I think honestly, listening, like being a good listener is so important. <laughs> You're asking a guy with ADHD to be a good listener, but I'm trying. I'm trying to be like, that's part of the book. Sorry, go ahead. It's, I know, I know. Uh, trust me, I'm familiar. At work, it's harder. There's a big debate right now. Do I talk about my mental illness at work? Yeah. Or do I just share that I'm anxious, right? Like not a big deal, but like I'm really anxious because our earnings weren't great, blah, blah, blah. And I always say, it's all specific to your team, to your relationships, to your boss, to your company culture. But if you work with someone who you know is anxious, not, not you know, asking them how you can work better with them is not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Because, because I think one of the good things that's come out of the pandemic is we do understand now that people work differently. And people like us who've always had weird careers and like do our own thing, like we intrinsically... We intrinsically know that. And I think a lot of people with ADHD and people who have an anxiety profile, we become entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Because, because I, honestly, we don't fit into the system. We don't fit. Yeah. Yeah. We don't fit. But that's a shame because yeah. some days I'm like, I would have been a really awesome CMO at a big company. Yeah. You know, it's a shame that I had to leave corporate America. And so I think now we understand people are different. People work differently. Mm-hmm. And so being able to understand this stuff in the context of success is powerful, mm-hmm. right? Like we know if we have a colleague who's super introverted, we talk to them now about that. Mm-hmm. 
And I think that now the language around, especially after the pandemic, about being an introvert, like there's, we have better language to talk about that. That it, and it's also, it's not a deficit. I think there's so many superpowers about being an introvert. I, I think it's one of the most misunderstood things out there because everyone assumes that an introvert is a socially awkward uh, person who's no fun to be around when in fact, it's just a measure of where you get your energy from. You can be the life of a party and but, still be an introvert. But then I'll need to nap. I can be a little life of a party. Right, she can, but then she just needs a minute. I need a nap. Yeah. The next day. Well, I have to tell you, I can't find my, my first book was called Hiding in the Bathroom. I saw that. Yeah, that's <laughs> saw amazing. That. So, um, but I'm a ham. I mean, put me on stage. I'm never happier. Yeah. It's, and I have social anxiety and I'm introverted. So 100% it's misunderstood. But I, but I think now, we have that we have language to talk about it. So so I'm just encouraging people, if you feel like there's a piece of you that your colleagues understanding better or your partner or even your kids mm-hmm. understanding better would make things easier for everyone, think about sharing. Yeah. And I think that we talk about it so openly. And for a while, I mean, we've been doing this whole like internet business for 10 years now, which is a very long time to be on the internet. And a a few years in, I started slowly talking about, you know, I had really bad postpartum anxiety, postpartum depression, I was diagnosed with OCD and anxiety. And so I started talking openly about that stuff. And I found it was a comfort to other people. And then it helped me by talking about it. it helped other people just knowing about it. So I think that's one of the reasons we talk about it. And we have a very small workplace, but we promote these sort of conversations. If you're, if you're struggling and, you know, and I, even this morning I texted people like texted, you know, Sam and Amory and I was like, Hey guys, going to be a half day for me. Just so um, we just have that sort of open discussion. And I, you know, I wish that for other workplaces, but yeah, it's, it's it's rare in a big, you know. We came up in the newsroom world, and you weren't a lot. You didn't have time for that at all. So, yeah, it didn't work. Um, okay, thank you so much for all your time. And where can people check you out? Where can they find your books? Tell tell us all of the things. Um, well, first of all, this was great, and I really do hope you'll come on the Anxious Achiever podcast when you're ready. Yes, because we love to talk about ADHD, mm-hmm. um, and. People can find me. They can buy the Anxious Achiever book wherever they get their books, online or offline. Listen to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to talk to me or ask me a question, the best way to find me is on LinkedIn. And you can send me a message or follow me and I will reply. It's funny because I'm going to need to log back in and figure out what my password is. Penn gets a lot of LinkedIn (laughs) messages and he doesn't know his LinkedIn password. And so he... You cannot find me on LinkedIn, people. I, I think if you reach I, out to me on LinkedIn, you will get nothing back. I, I don't know why I hate that. <laughs> I, like, I'm like terrified no, of LinkedIn. I, I know. I, I love LinkedIn. You do? Okay. So is, it's like social media for grown-ups. Like that, that's where my anxiety is. I get pit sweats thinking, I'm like, this is Susan. I went to high school with you. No, but that's, no, that's not it, right? I mean, hey, tell I, why should we be on LinkedIn? Tell me. Okay, well, first of all, I will be, full disclosure, LinkedIn sponsors my podcast. Oh, dear. But, okay. I'm sorry. No, no, okay. Okay. no, no, no. Preach, preach, no. preach, preach. No, no, no. I also am an internet dinosaur. So, okay. I, you know, I love LinkedIn because it reminds me of what online community used to be like. Um. It's it's civil. It's thoughtful. Huh. Like, are there, are there people just promoting their snake oil? 
sometimes, but I have a community where we have thoughtful dialogue and oh, supportive dialogue. What's that like? I was going to say, who shares the racist <laughs> memes? Like, where are those? <laughs> where's not, the, where's the I mean, trolls? like, I don't want to curse it. They're yeah. not there. It is, it's, it's, I don't know. For me, like, I, I was, I was a blogger starting in like 2004. Like, oh, wow. Dinosaur. Old school. Old school. And I just, you know, it reminds me of that. It's awesome. I, you know what? We're going back. We're going to go back. Yeah. We're going to find your p- password. Find your I, find I think I password. have an account. We're going to go on LinkedIn and we're going to post this podcast right. and then we're on gonna, LinkedIn. And we're going to visit Mora and her AOL.com email <laughs> that she probably has. Or is it Earthlink? Is it MindSpring? Like, what is your... You should, go to her MySpace page. <laughs> CompuServe. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love She's this. on Napster. Um, <laughs> She's yeah, still okay. downloading right, Beyonce exactly. songs. She's going to burn a CD and send it to us. <laughs> All right. I, All right. I'm going to tell you something just to okay. leave you. Okay. I, in 1999, sat with Hillary Clinton <sighs> and used basically dial-up to log Hillary on for her first ever online chat. Wow. That's how far I go back. Yeah. Wow. You basically invented the internet. I would run with that. <laughs> and that's where you stopped. Exactly. <laughs> I'm still there. <laughs> I love that. Well, thank you so much for this conversation. And thank you for helping me, you know, find some steps to get out of my thought traps slash, you know, canyons. I, you, you call them a trap. I call them a canyon. Yeah. No, thank you. It was really helpful. Thanks. This was great. Thank you so much. That was great. Thanks again to Maura for coming on and sharing her wisdom with us. It was good. Sometimes I get a little, and you heard me in there. I'm like, stop talking. So, you know. I wanted to talk about that. So, because I want to know how best to serve you. I don't like, for some reason, I I am very self-aware. Right. So, I do think that when she was saying, you know, the anxious mind is very self-aware. I am self-aware and and sometimes self-conscious. And so, when I hear a list from some for for whatever reason and I don't know why when I hear a list of why I'm anxious it makes me more anxious and then I'm like stop talking like my armpits were setting my heart was racing and I was like stop talking okay I want to back this up because I'm not sure everybody even knows what you're talking about but I was I, what I was trying to explain was how my wife has and I I, I realized that i caused you some pain here. And to me, I'd, I need to understand this better because I was explaining how you have this superpower of empathy right. that also overwhelms you. Right. And so I was listing the things that happen that cause you empathy. And I, I looked down and you were making like a wrap it up sign. So right. I stopped and like, mm-hmm. I, I don't really know what to do. Um, I, I wasn't insulting you. Not at in all. You were, everything you were saying right. was a hundred percent fact. But, but this is interesting. I'm glad you want to talk about this openly. I, so should I, should I, as your partner, not talk about things that you struggle with? And should I let you talk about that? Is that what the issue is? Uh, unclear. Okay. Um, and I, I really, I, I'm not being no, aggressive. I, I want to help. No, 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 no. Okay. I know you do. I know you do. Um, I, and I do need to get curious about this, but I have, I could, I remember, you know, there was even a situation I was, I was in Florida. We were, I think one of my grandparents had recently passed and there was just like a lot going on in a couple different, you know, 
relationships work, like things like that. And you were kind of listening, like you were saying with sympathy, you're like, babe, you have so much going on right now. I remember now. this. You have this, this, this. And I, and it was, it was like midnight and we we're trying to get to bed and the kids are like in, you know, cots in the next room. So it wasn't an ideal sleeping situation. I just started screaming. I'm like, stop talking because I just like, for whatever reason, like hearing a list of things that are hard was not helpful. So maybe, okay. so maybe, maybe and just to back it up. I was using that list to say it's okay to feel this way. I know, but for okay. some reason, somebody else saying it okay. is very hard for and me to hear. So, next question: like, if Mora had said that, it, it would still make it would cause the same issue. Yeah, okay. It, yeah. Okay. So, when she was talking about, I think that's why I was trying to direct things to the positive. Like, let's hear more about the superpower part of it because, for whatever reason, hearing about the specifics of the physical reactions and things like that make me more anxious. And, you know, we had, um, I went to lunch with a, a friend, you know, a couple of weeks ago and she, out of curiosity, because she's never struggled with anxiety. She's like, well, what does it feel like for you? And I was like, um, my chest gets tight and my armpits start sweating. Okay. And then I changed the subject. I'm like, I can't. So you have a tough time saying it yourself. Yeah. Okay. I got yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't. Um, so that's what it is. Yeah. You do. I will say that maybe this is it. Maybe this is the reason why I felt comfortable doing it. You do sometimes get very specific when it's just me and you. And I'm glad that I'm glad that I can be the one who hears mm -hmm. it. And I have heard it. And it's one of the reasons why I understand it so well. So thanks for telling me. Mm -hmm. And I do appreciate it. None of this feels unfair, by the way. I'm, I'm wanting to get to know you better. Um, but I think what I'm going to do from now on is if I talk about you, it's going to be well, first of all, I usually say how great you are within yeah. five seconds of doing it, but I think it's the specifics that I have to keep away from. Maybe is that what it is? Yeah, okay. and and I it makes it does it, it rationally it makes no sense. Well, anxiety doesn't make sense. ADHD doesn't make sense. None of this shit makes sense. Yeah, it's just about us like being each other's hype man and helping each other out. Right. Exactly. So that's why I want to learn. So, and I I try with your ADHD to hype the good stuff mm -hmm. and i try not to say well he lost his keys and he left his wallet <laughs> here and he had he left his credit card at this rush like i try not to because i i could it's hard it's hard not to say it sometimes but i could imagine like hearing a list of the bad stuff is not ideal but maybe but you handle that stuff better than i do so i don't know and here's the interesting thing all of those things are full-on digs of stuff that I do wrong. I wasn't, what I was saying in that list, again, was not a dig. It was me saying like, I am amazed that you were able to endure all of this. You know what I think it might be? And this just occurred to me. I am a perfectionist. I, I, I hate that I am, but I am. Getting, I've learned in my life to take feedback and especially in the world we work in, I think feedback is necessary and we don't, you know, we put out a couple of videos a week, you know, if you count, you know, kind of TikToks and stuff, maybe two, three or four a week, we write blog posts every day. We do this podcast. So we've asked uh, Sam and Anne-Marie who work with us and who are very, very smart and gifted and talented to give us feedback and they create things too. And we've asked, we've asked that we can give them feedback and for them to not take it personally but it has been hard for me to get feedback from them. And they're very, very smart. And from you, like you give me, everybody gives feedback and I, I have to like deep breaths. Okay, you're right. That's better. Like I have, to, so I think when I hear 
a we a weakness. I'm using air quotes here because we know we just had this whole conversation about like empathy and anxiety can be a superpower. But when I hear a weakness, maybe it's something that you construe as a weakness. Maybe it's something that I because that wasn't even no. Yeah, I know exactly. I, I, that you were you were you were even framing it as like you know something very positive, but I view it as a weakness. Interesting. Yeah. I. And my core self is not dealing with that feedback. I don't know. You're too far away for me to hold your hand, so I'm holding your ankles right now. You grab my foot right now. <laughs> I don't know what else to do. <laughs> the mic's too far away. Um, I'm no. giving you a calf massage. That's probably not helping. No, that's, that's great, <laughs> I'm actually. Sorry. Um, <laughs> now it's very thummy. Uh, I'm not even using my thumb. That's it. I have a really strong index finger. Sorry, we're deflecting. Um, but there's nothing to, I mean, it's, I just don't, um, uh, yeah. Well, listen, I think we can start by me not listing stuff <laughs> because I'm a very good lister. Like you're a very so I like can, you actually you and you and your brother get together and you'll do like okay top yeah. ten movies with Burt Reynolds or what yeah. I mean like you guys come up with you guys do lists for fun right so. as I was making that list the thing that we're talking about I was like I'm gonna win an Emmy for this <laughs> even though it's not I know it's not it's, what's it the streamy or a blog runny or, oh the streamy I wonder if we'll win I don't think we promoted it enough I know we were supposed to really we said it, we did one, one thing time. yeah. <laughs> Everybody else was like, streaming! <laughs> um, and we did not. No, I, I felt like I was like really kind of, I was feeling it. it. And then I got the wrap-up sign and I was frustrated for a second, but for the most part, I'm. this is not the first time this has happened. So I'm glad we're talking about it. I, um, I, I know that you're feeling strongly right now. I want you to know that nothing about anything that you're saying scares me makes me feel like you're weird or a freak or any of those things. I think this now is... Now you're listing um, again. Am I? <laughs> I'm trying to compliment you. <laughs> when you go to the grocery store, when you go to bed, no. Um, I, 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 none of this makes me uncomfortable. You're not causing me any pain. You're not causing me any frustration. Uh, I love you, and I just want to learn more about the best way to be your ally when it comes to this. Do you know also, I just started my period. Can we be honest that like the... Could it just be that? Well, no, no. I mean, it's always, I mean, because it's always this, this is always my brain. But just like, ladies, the hormones and yeah. the perimenopause make you feel a little loco. I am getting, I have gone on progesterone though and it's super helping. Yeah, you've been sleeping like a log. I mean, ladies, reach out to your doctors if you're go if you're in your forties and going through perimenopause. Yeah, I a little um, progest. I, <laughs> I uh, my doctor is basically my same age, and I told her what I was going through, and she's like, "Oh no, we're not doing that." <laughs> Here's a pill. Yeah, and it was yeah. great. Yeah, so um, that's been awesome, except for like right now in this moment. But anyway, I love you. I love you too. Uh, listen. That was great having two Kims. 
Yeah. Uh, the, the world needs more Kims. Uh, I feel like you and uh, Maura could probably chat and be good friends and sit outside on a Friday afternoon and talk for six hours. She's You guys go through some of the same stuff. So yeah. it's cool hearing uh, that from another Kim who also wrote uh, an entire book about it. You could write a book about this too if you wanted. Oh God, but it'd make me too anxious. I to know. My brain, so I know. Like that. Um, I'm having trouble with that with the ADHD book. I'm reading and I'm like, oh, I am deeply flawed. At least like the first few chapters are like the deeply flawed part. And then it gets to the fun stuff. Reading over that has been interesting. So, yeah, it's hard. Okay. Okay. Love you. We're going to not talk about the rest of that now. Bye. Okay, bye. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project... There's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.